chapter twenty two of tom and some other girls by mrs george de horn vesey this librivox recording is in the public domain mrs chester's plan it was many days before rhoda saw miss everett again but if she was not admitted to the sick-room her mother was a frequent and welcome visitor and took entire charge of the invalid while the nurse fulfilled her ordinary duties there was little actual nursing to be done but the doctors were anxious to prevent solitary repinings and to do what was possible to raise the spirits of their patient ebie's own mother had come down for a few days to satisfy herself concerning her daughter's condition but had been obliged to hurry back to the vicarage where the invalid's sister was growing worse rather than better so that her presence could badly be spared she was a worn faded edition of evie and looked so typical of what the girl herself might now become that rhoda could not bear to look at her the two mothers however became great friends for they met with a remembrance of kindness on the one side and an overwhelming sympathy on the other and were drawn together by hours of mutual anxiety in each case the worst dread was unfulfilled but what remained to be borne required all the fortitude which they could summon the vicar's wife saw one of the props of the home disabled for life and mrs chester's kind heart was wrung with anguish at the thought that her child had been the cause of so much suffering it seemed a strange dispensation of providence that she the main object of whose life had been to help her fellow-creatures should have this burden laid upon her but she bore it uncomplainingly striving to cheer the poor woman whose lot was so much harder than her own before they parted she broached a scheme which she had been planning in secret and having received a willing consent bided her opportunity to lay it before the invalid herself it came at last one chilly afternoon when evie was laid on a sofa before the fire as a sign that convalescence had really begun the knee was still bound up as it was not proposed that she should attempt to walk until the journey home had been accomplished and it was on this subject that evie made her first remark i suppose she began looking at mrs chester with the brown eyes which had grown so pathetic in their gaze in the last few weeks i suppose i can travel now as soon as it can be arranged i shall have to be carried about at each of the changes and it must be planned ahead in this busy season i must speak to miss bruce and ask her what i had better do mrs chester bent forward and poked the fire in a flurried embarrassed manner she knitted her brows and her rosy face grew a shade deeper in colour oh yes she assented vaguely of course but evie dear i have been waiting to talk to you about something which has been very much on my mind lately we are leaving thursday rhoda and i and are having a through carriage and every possible appliance to make the journey easy and i thought that it would be so much simpler for you dear to travel with us and spend a few weeks at the chase before going home evie smiled with the languid courtesy with which an invalid listens to an impossible proposition 
it is very kind of you she said some day i shall be glad to come but not at present thank you i am not well enough to pay visits but my child it would not be like an ordinary visit you should do exactly as you would in your own home stay in bed or get up as you pleased and make out your own programme for the day you know me now and can surely understand that you need feel no ceremony in coming to my house no indeed you have been so kind to me all this time that i should be ungrateful if i did not realise that i would rather be with you than any one else outside my own family but-but the tears gathered and rolled down the pale cheeks oh surely you understand that just now i want to be at home with my own mother and father yes i do understand poor dear it would be unnatural if you felt anything else but listen evie it is for your parents sake as well as for your own that i urge you to come you need constant care and nursing and cheering up and it would be very difficult for them to manage all this just now your mother is overworked as it is and has already one invalid on her hands but if you come to us the whole household will be at your service my kind old mary shall be your nurse and wait upon you hand and foot i will drive you about so that you can get the air without fatigue and you shall have your couch carried into the conservatory off the drawing-room and lie there among the flowers which you love so much every comfort that money can buy shall be yours to help to make you strong again i say it in no spirit of boasting dear for we have been poor ourselves and owe our riches to no merit of our own we look upon them as a trust from god to be used for the good of others even more than ourselves and surely no one had ever a nearer stronger claim her voice broke off tremblingly and evie looked at her with a troubled glance dear mrs chester you are so good it all sounds most attractive and luxurious and i'm sure you would spoil me with kindness but would it not be rather selfish you say mother is overworked and that is quite true but all the same she might feel hurt if i chose to go somewhere else now i'll tell you all about it cried mrs chester briskly scenting victory in the air and beginning to smile again in her old cheery fashion your mother and i had a talk about it before she left she felt grieved not to have you at home for christmas but for your own sake was most anxious that you should come to us she realized that it would be better for you in every way and the quickest means to the end which we all have in view to make you well and strong again she left it to me to make the suggestion but you will find that she is quite willing even anxious yes said evie and lay silently gazing at the heart of the fire the downcast face looked very fair and fragile but for the moment the old sweetness was wanting the lips were pressed together the chin was fixed and stubborn outward signs of the mental fight which was going on between the impulse to give way and a sore sore feeling of injury which made it seem impossible to accept a favour 
from this quarter of all others the elder woman saw these signs and read their meaning with painful accuracy and the exclamation which burst from her lips startled the invalid by its intensity oh my lassie she cried oh my lassie be generous you have been sorely tried and our hearts are broken to think of your trouble but don't you see this is the only way in which it is left to us to help sympathy and regret are abstract things and can do no real good for though they ease our minds they leave you untouched my dear girl can you be generous enough to accept help from the hands that have injured you it's a hard thing to ask i know it is but i am an old woman and i plead with you to give us this opportunity let me be a mother to you dear and ease your recovery in every way that i can money has great power and one never realizes it more than in time of sickness i can spare you many a pain and discomfort if you will give me the opportunity and my poor girl is fretting herself thin by brooding over the past it would be new life to her to be allowed to wait upon you it's hard for you dear i know it's hard you would rather cut yourself adrift from us and never see us again but it is in your power to return good for evil to lighten our trouble as no one else could do will you come evie evie looked into the quivering face and her eyes shone then the kind arms opened wide and the brown head nestled down on the broad motherly shoulder there was no need for words for the answer was given far more eloquently in look and gesture god bless you my lassie murmured mrs chester fondly and they sat in silence together gazing into the fire a few tears rose in evie's eyes and ran silently down her cheeks but they were happy tears with which were wiped away all remains of bitterness there is no truer way of forgiving our enemies than by consenting to be helped at their hands and if the effort be great it brings with it an exceeding great reward at the end of ten minutes evie raised her head from its resting-place and said in her old bright voice shall we ask rhoda to tea it is such a lovely fire and you brought in such a bountiful supply of cakes and good things that it seems greedy to keep them all to myself ask rhoda to come in and help to make a cosy little party then as mrs chester stooped to kiss her cheek she whispered hastily tell her tell her not to mention the past never to mention it again we will turn over a new leaf to-day and think only of the future. End of chapter 22